The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Spring management for whitetails is fully underway here at the studio, and the boys are sunburnt, tired, and covered in dirt and sweat. And of course, Jim is in dire need of a few dozen stitches. So here's the game plan for today's show. Creating habitat, necessary soil nutrients for food plots, and a thorough breakdown of what you need to know to have a successful spring management program for whitetails. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Jim and Trav. You know where my ATV is, Trav? Your ATV? Yeah. I stole it. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't have an ATV anymore. Me and Captain Jack Sparrow. All right, Jim's being a pirate again. Uh, so, no, we are Arr. talking about spring management tips for uh, whitetails. Deer. Yeah. Do many people do any, implement any management tips for, like, mule deer? I, I've never heard of any. Blacktails. I'm, I'm sure that, uh, like, we talked with David Morsey. So, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, food and, and or seeds and so forth yeah. for different parts of the country. But Mostly mainly you're they talking talk about, about whitetails. Whitetails. Yeah. All right. And so let's talk about the five biggest no-nos, things you want to avoid when implementing um, a spring food plot, getting ready for the up-and-coming seasons. Here's the biggest things that you want to avoid, if at all possible, when planning a food plot. Here you go. Hey, hey. This is The Revolution. Here they are. With Jim and Trav. All right, five things you shouldn't do, and here is Uno. First one there is, is the failure to take a soil test, and, yeah. and that is the key right there. It's the foundation of your whole food plot program, and yeah. if you don't take a soil test, you're shooting in the dark. All right, now into number two. Not preparing a good seed bed, yep. a good, clean, level seed bed. Trace, we're up to number three out of five things not to do with planting a food plot. I'd say definitely, you know, using the wrong product. And listen for it. Here comes number four. Planting at the wrong seed depth. Yep, that's right. Planting at the wrong depth, particularly with these small seeds like yep. clover and chicory. If you plant those over a quarter of an inch, they're not coming up. And the last but not least, uh, number five out of five things not to do once again. Uh, when planning a food plot and five big no-nos. Here we go. Number five is is improper timing. You know, exactly. they plant either too early, too late. You know, they don't lay the, the moisture right. They yep. don't lime at the right yep. time, and that's a huge mistake. There. Exactly. All right, so there you have it. The five biggest no- stop it. The five biggest no-nos uh, you want to avoid when planning food plots. Very good information, and hopefully, if you avoid making those common mistakes... You'll have a food plot uh, at the end of the season. You'll have a successful food plot, something to build on. Maybe it'll help you in, in, in further years to come. You want to change your strategies? Yeah. Yeah. All right. you got to start somewhere. All right, so once again, we are talking about spring management tips uh, for deer, and so on this week's Ram Power Block... Powered by Ram at RamTrucks.com. Hey, we're going to hear from Brent Eaton with Polaris, and then putting us on our Ram Hotline at 785-846-7647 will be Scott Festo, who's a field editor for Field and Stream, and he has a blog called Whitetail 365, plus freelance writer David Hart, Antler Dirt's Terry Hamby, and on pros chance or yeah all talking about food plots all talking about food plots but right now we're going to be talking about using an atv uh to work up fields spray fields to plant food plots because you know it doesn't make a lot of sense jimmy for um any guy or gal to go out and spend eighty thousand bucks on a tractor and then you go spend another eighty to ninety thousand dollars on implements to pull behind it for a food plot that only consists of three acres. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't add up. You should have just paid somebody to do it. But now, um, ATVs are very popular to use. Even John Deere has come out with this whole new line of implements. implements. Of course, Cabela's also has some. Yeah, Cabela's has some too. We're going to touch on that. But uh, once again, we are being joined by Brent Eaton. And you guys there at Polaris, Brent, uh, man, you have a, a vast array of different models of ATVs you could choose from to use. But which model um, in particular do you like to use uh, for this application, Brent? As far as the ATVs go, that's Sportsman 850. 
with power steering is what I typically use. Now he just steals one from the factory. That's yeah. what I would do. I plan on stealing one on like the next break or something. And, and that's one of the benefits of working here. You can uh, take stuff home on the weekends, you know. And you, you go. You get to know the product per se. And there you can is. blame it on the cleaning people. That's, yeah, right. There you go. That's what I would do. But no, I mean, I, so when you're looking for an ATV to do this, Brent. Are you more or less looking for something that's hardworking and not more for the recreational side where you want to go zipping around and showing off in front of your friends? Do we yeah, want you're, you're we want to looking for something, you know, a with, workhorse, with good power. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, and it's got to handle it's got to have good steering radius. You know, let's for that power steering, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. that's a dream when it comes to working in tight quarters, you know, when when you're inside the woods and that sort of thing. Okay, now that uh, that Sportsman 850, 850, you said, now the 850 stands, it's not 850 horsepower, is 850 cc's? Cc, correct. Okay, yeah. and so that's got pretty low end power. So, you know, when you're you're not zipping across the field at 35 miles an hour, uh, you would think that uh, possibly that transmission, now tell us a little bit about the transmission, because being that uh, slow going, yeah. as you know you have to do to work up, how does the Polaris handle it? Well, it does have a low and a high gear. Oh, does it? Okay. Okay. So when you're inside the woods doing your plots or whatnot, um, you can put in that low gear and really tear up the soil. And, you know, it can pull. Like I have the, I believe I got it from Cabela's. It's a a disc, Mm -hmm. the kind with the wheels on one side and the the disc on the other. Yeah. Just flip that over once I get in the the woods. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it pulls it like a dream. On the flip side, you know, you... You want to go have some fun, you throw it into high gear, mm-hmm. and away you go. I mean, the thing will go, you know, as fast as you need. Probably too fast, to be honest with you. But The faster, the better. When Jim can break of an course. arm, he's having a great time. Yeah, I want now, something that I can be stupid in and go fast. It's no fun being stupid on something slow. You want to be stupid on something <laughs> yeah, fast. Exactly. It's not yeah. nearly as cool. It but saves time. Like you mentioned uh, there at Cabela's, I mean, you could pick up everything from attachments for spraying your fields to disc you planters. can get like little planters yeah it's, they have it, the sprayers they have the broadcast cedars yeah um, pretty much like you said anything you need drags harrows mm-hmm. um, as well as players we do offer some walk and ride attachments for do you for our atvs and side by sides for you know if you want to hang your chainsaw or your brush cutter or mm-hmm. you know your gun scabbard and those sort of things yeah now now well, uh, the polaris they have electric models now they have yeah. gas models, and then this Brutus thing, that's got a diesel in it. Yeah, the Brutus is kind of our workhorse. It's the lower speed, heavy pulling, got front attachments. It's kind of the Brutus of the of the lineup, as you, as the title says. Popeye's arch enemy. Yeah, now, yeah. it runs off of spinach. Um, <laughs> but I now, the 850, the Sportsman, let's just say your base model, okay? What's that going to set us back, Brent? $8,000 or so, right around there. That is not bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even want to tell you what my tractor. Pretty nice machine for, for that amount of money. Geez, yeah. that's not mm-hmm. bad at all. Now, what size of plot? Obviously, you don't want to buy an, an ATV and, and all this attachments. And like, I'm going to go out and make a hundred acre food plot. Right. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. You you don't want to overwork the equipment you have. That's a bad investment. But let's say, um, what would be a good size plot, like size wise, that's manageable? With an ATV, what could you do with an ATV, buddy? I mean, I, I comfortably do, you know, up to an acre to probably three acres is what I usually do. Really? And, you know, it's it's a, you're not going to do it as fast as, say, on a tractor, obviously, or, you know, those those types of equipment. But um, part of doing food plots is you're in the woods and you're doing something fun, you something you like. Yeah, and the but, thing is, you guys are everywhere. I mean, if, you, if anybody's looking for a great ATV to go out there and do food plots, uh, go out and check your cameras. There's a lot of things you can do with an ATV. You got to look to Polaris. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of checking cameras and things like that, that you know our our Ranger lineup, the the EV units, the electrical units. What a perfect vehicle for doing such a thing. You know, you're quiet. You're you aren't polluting the woods with the exhaust smells and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I like polluting. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. You could take that downtown. Yeah. Take your yeah. your girlfriend or you. a lot of people do <laughs> in, the, in certain parts of the country. Yeah. Those are my type that, of that people. That would be something they would have at the villages down in Florida. You know, <laughs> the villages. There's All your right. song. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I got to think of a better song. Uh, I'm thinking about it. 
I, I got to come up with something really good. Hey, we've been talking with old Brent Eaton, and he is with Polaris. And matter of fact, I think he even owns it. He owns Polaris. And, part uh, owner. He, part owner. Part, <laughs> but he will loan you the money to buy any model you want, and you don't have to pay it back. Brent's that <laughs> yeah. nice guy. <laughs> Anyways. You got great deals on players.com. Yeah, you got to hop in there, Just check out all the, the great financing options that they have, all the different models. You could spend hours on their website. Uh, and once again, we are talking about practical applications. You can use these ATVs for planning food plots. It's a wonderful thing. It's something you can kind of get the whole family involved in. You know, everybody gets out there, has a great time. And plus, you're doing such a wonderful thing for wildlife. Well, hey, we're the revolution, and we are proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at OutdoorChannel.com and Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com plus Cabela's. We talked about them. The world's foremost outfitter. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Brent, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about all the different models you guys have and how they fit into our lifestyle, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, anytime. You bet. Well, hey, coming up next is Scott Bestel, and he's a field editor for Field and Stream. Yeah, once again, we are talking about spring management tips uh, for deer on today's show. But here's a little FYI for Mark. We'll talk with you after the break. Please adjust your universal translator to the language of your understanding. We will begin in zero seconds. Ram Trucks, FYI. Over 10 million hunters spend nearly $6 billion to hunt deer in the United States each year. And according to state agency records, an average of 6 million deer are harvested and an estimated 12 million fawns are born yearly. The revolution will continue. But first, a quick break. Bummer. If you crave bow hunting, Outdoor Channel is the place to be on Monday nights. Look at this deer. We've got some of your favorite personalities. He's lived in the den for over six months. Along with some of the best hunts anywhere. We're in Alberta hunting him with a bow. Gear up for the best bow hunting on television. These are the land of the giants. One awesome night, all at one place. Prime Bows by G5 Bow Hunting Monday. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon, enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Welcome to the fascinating world of... This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. By this time, you should have adjusted the volume. And we're back. We are back. I was pointing at you, Jim. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're talking about a so spring management my nose. Uh, for deer on today's show. But I'm so excited about this, Jim. Uh, during the break, Frank uh, and I, uh, you stepped out for a second. Frank and I put a little something special together for you. Are you ready? Is I'm this excited. A, is this like a tribute? Yes. Frank. Let's do it, buddy. Baby blue is the color of Jim's eyes. Like that. <laughs> Wait, no, there's more. Like the Colorado skies. Don't George and I sound good together? I think we sound beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had to thanks, adjust thanks my mind. Tribute to my baby no, blues. I think we sound gorgeous. We need to do a duet before he retires. He already um. Oh, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Yeah, that's what um, he said. Oh, jeez. Doggone, I passed up my opportunity with Trav. Um, no, we are talking about spring management for deer on the show. It's been uh, interesting. Show's kind, of kind of just getting started. But Scott Bestel, though, yeah, matter of fact, he is the uh, field editor for Field Dream Magazine. Also, he has a blog on their website called Whitetails Three Sixty Five. Yeah, now you got to hop on there and check it out. And the article we're talking about right now it's called Chainsaws, a deer's best friend. I really think every time a baby is born, the perfect gift. 
Yes, chainsaw. I, I think every uh, deer should get one, too. Some bar and chain oil. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I'm so glad that you brought this up, Scott, because, you know, everybody puts so much emphasis on what, Jimmy? On food plots, and uh, they can't see the woods for the trees. Bingo. I'm, I'm glad you said that because, no, people really do, they think this way, but there's so many other things that we can be doing. For instance, in your article, you talk about a, a guy or a gal with a chainsaw in one afternoon. Uh, they can do so many beneficial things for the wildlife in their area. So let's talk about this. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the food plot uh, aspect because uh, I've planted a bunch of over the last few years, and I continue to do it, and I love it. But I tell you what, yeah. in terms of attracting and holding deer to the properties that I hunt, I do do as much or more uh, with timber management as I do with food plots. So they're they're critical. You know what you do with your forest is is uh, critically important in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now l- let's start off with clear a bedroom. Now for people that don't know this, there's like little um, sectors that deer live in. You've got like the dinner table. You've got the bedroom area, the hallway, the hallway. <laughs> I mean, the the bathroom, I guess, yeah. the latrine. <laughs> but let, let's start with a bedroom. Now, how do you go about clearing a bedroom? Well, I like to look at an area, um, you know, take an uh, aerial photo, topo map, uh, Google Earth, uh, and best of all, just put your boots on the ground and start walking your, walking your habitat. And Find these areas where there's some uh, some early successional habitat that's getting too old. You know, deer. It's helpful for me to think of a deer as an overgrown cottontail rabbit. You know, he <laughs> likes he likes to lay down where he's got thick stuff all around him. He wants yeah. to have saplings touching his butt and his nose when he lays down, and, uh, and so that's what makes him feel secure. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing is, when you're when you're cutting these things down, you can actually cut a line of trees have them fall, but don't cut them all the way through. And that way it'll continue to live for a certain amount of time producing, you know, buds and so forth. What, what do they call that? Uh, like hinge cutting? Uh, yeah, you tip the, what you do is you tip the tree over, you, you use your chainsaw, you cut about uh, halfway to two thirds of the way through that tree and just tip it over. It'll tip over gravity. It'll pull it over mostly by itself, but you do, you do not want to cut all the way through the tree because that layer of bark uh, and uh, pulp that remains is going to carry nutrients to the top of that tree, and it's going to keep blooming and sprouting, and the deer are just going to eat it up. It's going to create cover for them because it's going to leaf out, and they're also going to, you know, they're going to feed on those tops as uh, as long as that tree continues to live. Yeah. Now, Scott, when we're scouting and we're looking for places to set up our tree stands or whatever, you're always looking for those funnels and pinch points. And now this is one thing that we can do with a chainsaw, kind of man-made. You can actually kind of direct the deer um, with a chainsaw, the, the route you want them to take, can't you? Absolutely. That's, and it's, it's pretty clever. You know, it should almost be illegal, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, it's unfair. Yeah, you, you can block a trail, but you don't have a stand site in a good funnel that, uh, you know, that's just not advantageous to you. You can use a chainsaw to drop trees around uh, on that path that leads to that area and direct deer towards a place that's advantageous to you. Um, you can also take a good funnel and make it better by either tipping trees over that will direct a deer down a certain path or just creating more cover there that'll keep the deer, you know, wanting to go to that place. Chainsaws are therapeutic is what they are. they are. I love the Mm -hmm. sound of it. Now, since you you know more about deer than anyone in the whole world combined, Scott, uh, we've got a couple, we've got a couple trivia questions for you. Are you ready to play? Uh, Know your white-tailed deer. (laughs) All right. Well, here's some. Now, some of these are kind of obscure questions. Uh, If you don't know them all, then we're just ashamed. All right. True or false, (laughs) Scott, deer have hollow strands of hair that help them remain insulated from extreme um, temperatures, which also prevent them from drowning. Is that true or false? I'm going to go true on that one. See? I told you. That's right. Scott knows everything. Little hairs get open to water wings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a good story. I'm buying that one. That's, All right. That's evolution. Here's our second question. There is only one species of deer in which the females also have antlers. Can you name that species, Scott? Oh, man. Oh, the the weather females also have antlers? Yeah, there's only one species. Caribou. That's right. Caribou or reindeer. Yep. I was going to say Santa likes them. Yeah, Santa likes them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is. So do I in the frying pan. Now, here's here's the tough one. If you don't know this, I'm going to be really heartbroken because I think everybody knows this one. True or false? Bonus round now. This is the bonus round. You have qualified. Uh, Jim is, he's going to send you something in the mail. I don't know what it is. It's probably going to be cheap. (laughs) 
But true or false, a deer appears on the arms of the Israeli Postal Authority. True or false? <laughs> oh, man. I got Just a second. Let me shuffle through my mail and see the last, <laughs> the last post I got from Israel. <laughs> it's going to take me a minute here. Um, no, I, you know what? I don't have a clue on that one. I'm going to say true. Uh, you're right. That's right. Yeah, Scott's big over there. <laughs> I, I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, to find out more about your writings, you also have a blog. Let's talk about that for a second. Where can we find all this online, buddy? Uh, we're on the Field and Stream website, so fieldandstream.com. Yeah. And then uh, ignore all the other, you know, crazy fishing columns and all that stuff. <laughs> Go right to Whitetail 365. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. Hey, that was Scott Vessel, and he knows a lot about chainsaws and what not to do with them. He's the best man in the world. Just ask anybody from Israel. They will tell you that. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you uh, hop on there and check them out, outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. You can listen to our show there. Also, Ram Trucks, ramtrucks.com and Ruger at ruger.com. And High Mountain Seasonings at himtnjerky.com plus Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at cabelas.com. Mr. Scott, as always, buddy, thank you so much, man. Nice talking to you guys. I appreciate you having me on the show and uh, have fun with those chainsaws. All right. Hey, come on. Next, we got David Hart. He's a freelance writer, and he knows a lot about weeds. Yeah, once again, we are talking about Spring management for deer uh, right here on the show. Uh, we got to get to a little clip with Mark. Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. Ram Truck Spring Management Lowdown. Just mentioning the word fire scares a lot of people, but if you do it right, prescribed burning can be very safe and the most beneficial habitat management technique you'll ever use. Burning creates natural food plots for whitetail by returning the nutrients tied up in dead and dying organic matter to the ground and stimulating forb seeds found near the soil surface. Well, the boys will return with more spring management tips right after this. March on Outdoor Channel is all about the Nuge. I'm an old, happy, bow-hunting, guitar-playing American dreamer. The best of Ted Nugent is on every night. What in tarnation? This is so simple, even guitar players can do it. All March long. Hallelujah. Just what the doctor ordered. Join Ted Nugent for the best of the spirit of the wild. This is a moment of infamy. Every night in March at 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. The Ruger SR45. A large caliber pistol with a trim, ergonomic profile. Like the popular Ruger SR9 and SR40. The SR45 is perfectly sized to be comfortable and controllable with a slim, ergonomic grip and narrow slide. It features an adjustable three-dot sight system. Ruger's unique reversible backstrap, an ambidextrous manual safety and magazine release, and built-in Picatinny rail. The Ruger SR45, another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. You must not abuse the power you've been given. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Eventually, you will lose control of that power and the whole world will suffer. Hey, we're back. Hi, we are back. We are talking about spring deer management tips on today's show. Yeah, and uh, before Scott the break, uh, Bestel. Scott Bestel, he's a field editor for Field and Stream, and he has a blog on their website called Whitetail 365. He's not credible. No. He doesn't know much. No. My tummy's gurgling again. <laughs> uh, anyways, not a pretty good like guy. Mount Vesuvius in there. Hey, uh, th- this is a very fascinating statistic, Jimmy. I'm going to read this, see if, if you know the state. Right. Uh, do you know the number one state that you are most likely to collide with a deer in? The number one state you are most likely when driving your vehicle uh, to hit a deer in? Maine. No, uh, West Virginia. West Virginia is the number West one Virginia, state. There's nothing there but a bunch of ridge runners. Uh, something like that. I guess those ridge runners hit a lot of deer. No, uh, were you going to hit me? Don't hit the fly. That's mean. Uh, yeah, no, West Virginia. <laughs> and they say there is a 1 in a 45 chance uh, for a vehicle to collide with a deer over a one-year period. It is the highest in the nation. So every time so, you leave your house up to 45 times, you have a chance of uh, hitting a deer. Kind of crazy. Did not know that. Uh, right now, we are being joined, though, by David Hart. 
useless information. Uh, David Hart. <laughs> Not David, and, just the information. No, the information I was given was useless. Uh, and he is an outdoor freelance writer, and he uh, wrote a great little piece uh, last April, excuse me, May issue, I think it was. of North America. American Hunter. And it's called the Winning the Weed Wars. David! David, what's up, Big D? Uh, David, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Going great. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, now this is a big problem. I got weeds in my yard. Some of my kids are smoking weed. Now I've got them <laughs> in my food plots, David. I mean, I mean, this is a big problem. How do we get around this if we can? Well, I don't know what to tell you about your kids. You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, one, but, is, one is five and the other one's three or two. So <laughs> There's a lot we can do to, to uh, knock down the weeds in food plots. Uh, you know, the, the, the best way, the only way is with chemicals. Now you're talking about herbicides. Um, you start saying chemicals and everybody's like, oh, my God, no, I go all natural. I, you know, I'm organic. My wife is one of those ladies. We buy all organic. Ah, fooey patooey, whatever. If you do it right, though, I mean, it, it's really not harmful at all, is it? It's not. Um, in fact, I've written articles about this. I, I've talked to experts um, about the perils of using herbicides. And these herbicides are tested extensively and thoroughly long before they're ever allowed to go to market, you know, before yeah. we're allowed to put them on anything. And, you know, I, I certainly understand the, the concern because we're putting chemicals on plants and the deer are eating the plants and we're eating the deer. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't quite work that way. It's a little more complicated than that, but it's, I'm confident using uh, herbicides on my food plots and then eating the deer that I harvest off my food plot. You don't have like a third arm growing out your back, do you? Not that I know of, but it <laughs> could be pretty useful, really, if I did. <laughs> I need an extra hand. I have one to pat yeah, myself yeah. on the back. <laughs> I'd be able to reach those those itches that I can't reach. <laughs> there you go. Hey, now, now uh, David, uh, you know, it's been said that in a plot of ground, the first inch and a half or two inches really has millions of uh, seed. Most of them are weeds. Is there any way to eradicate that before you get started? For food plotters, not really. Um, it's a constant battle. As you men- mentioned, some of these seeds are in the soil and they're dormant, and they'll stay dormant for literally decades until they're brought to the surface and they get you know, the, the right combination of temperature, soil, or moisture, or you know, whatever else they need to sprout and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a constant battle. Yeah. Now, David, before we go on with this, if we want to find out more about your writings, uh, what publications do you write for, buddy? Well, I'm, like I mentioned, I write for Buckmasters. Okay. I write for Deer and Deer Hunting. Um, Whitetail Institute has a magazine called Whitetail Times. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, Whitetail News, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write for Wildfowl Magazine, uh, Peterson's Hunting, Delta Waterfowls Magazine, Virginia Wildlife. I think I've probably written for 50 or 60 magazines over my career. So. Yeah. Now, uh, in in real estate, it's location, location, location. Now, when you select an area for a food plot, what things do you take into mind on uh, on selecting that area? Yeah. What are you looking for? Well, mostly sunlight. Um, mm-hmm. The general rule is food plots need food plot plants need four hours of sunlight. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest reason that there's a lot of failure with food plots. You know, people will plant logging roads or you know, a little patch in the woods in front of their tree stand, and it just doesn't grow, and it's not getting enough sunlight. Yeah. And the the general rule that I've heard is you're going to lose about a third of the tree height away from the trees. Mm -hmm. If the trees, for instance, are 90 feet, you're not going to be able to grow much 30 feet out from those trees. Wow. Really? Holy cow. And and I've seen that in in, uh, my food plots. Well, we live out here in Kansas where we have 40 square miles of wheat fields. So yeah. uh, uh, we would have to plant something rather unusual, wouldn't we, to uh, be able to bring those animals in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the best things I found, I planted it just last year, is um, brassicas. Mm-hmm. I used Whitetail Institute's uh, winter greens, mm-hmm. and the deer just hammered it. You know, that's another thing that it's been said to me when I interview people, and you know, I, I turn around and say it to people when I'm talking to them about food plots, is use the deer-specific food plot seeds. Mm-hmm. Don't just go to your farmer's co-op and buy clover. Because, <laughs> you know, the stuff they sell at the co-op isn't really designed for deer. And mm-hmm. the stuff that places like Whitetail Institute sell is designed for deer. You know, they test it extensively. It's more palatable to deer. It withstands grazing better. Mm-hmm. So I, I would by all means recommend using the stuff that, that that's marketed for deer. You bring up a great point because why do you want to spend all this money and buy a product and plan it, put all the hard work into it, when at the end of the day, it's not palatable to the animal that you're trying to attract. I mean, 
You know, I, people do that, though, like you're saying, and that's why you said it is because people have done this in the past, and that's just not smart. You've got to go with the people that know what they're doing. Right. You know, it, it, it's easy to go to the farmer's co-op. You know, where I live in a small town here, and we have a little farmer's co-op and uh, just to buy a bag of white clover. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper. Yeah. But, again, oh, yeah. the results aren't going to be there. They're not going to be near the same. They'll eat it. You know, the deer will eat it, but they're just not going to prefer it like they will to the uh, you know, the stuff that's made exactly for whitetails, specifically for whitetails. Mm-hmm. First thing or last thing, get a soil test. Yeah. That's the most important thing you can do is get a soil test. That's right. Get a soil test. Once again, we've talked with David Hart. He's an outdoor writer. You can find him in pretty much any publication, like Jim said. Cosmo. Anyways, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at OutdoorChannel.com plus Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com and Zeiss at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. Mr. David, man, thank you so much for coming on today, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Hey, come on. Next, you're not going to believe this. We've got antler dirt. We've got Terry Hamby. Terry Hamby. Uh, he's coming up next once again as we dive into or farther into. Actually, I think we're we already in it. into. We are, we are floating. Struggling, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> spring, Only on this transition. Spring deer management tips. More of it coming up next. But first, here's a word from Mark. Ram Truck Spring Management Lowdown. Deer need 14 to 16% protein daily, and there's only two ways you can provide deer with the level of nutrition they need. Example A, either by reducing the population so that the habitat can accurately support the herd, or by example B, increase the amount of nutrition for the current herd size by feeding the deer and providing them with food plots. So tell us your spring management tips by emailing us at radio at outdoortrailsnetwork.com, and we'll be back right after these brief messages. Tuesdays, all your favorite hunters can be found in one place. Right here. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits. <laughs> what a nice buck. Look at that. Outdoor Channel is your home for the best big game hunting. From turkey hunting to every type of trophy big game. Baldies, some backstrappers, some does, some cactus donkeys. There's only one place for heart-pounding excitement on Tuesdays. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Arriba, arriba. Go south of the border with High Mountain Seasonings and their new taco and fajita seasoning concoctions for your wild game cooking. Go to www.himtnjerky.com. And welcome back. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. This crap gives me a headache. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you missed old David Hart. He's an outdoor writer for Field and Stream. Yeah, we're talking about uh, weeding your food plots. Jim gets out there, pulls the weeds. That's it. I likes to do I that. I use a truck. No, herbicides. Spray everything. I don't even know herb. You don't know herb? He doesn't have you a You know he called them herbicides? herbicides? He didn't call them herbicides. Well, it actually is herbicide. I didn't want to just pull them out like the interview and say, hey, you're mispronouncing that. I thought it'd be rude. <laughs> Uh, I thought I'd do it now, though, behind his back. <laughs> uh, like we mentioned, though, Terry Hamby, uh, he, uh, I sneezed during the break, and now I'm, like, kind of stuffy. Anyways, he's got antler dirt. Um, you know, He's been featured on Growing Deer TV. Frank actually found a clip of it. We're going to play that real quick uh, with Dr. Grant Woods, a great friend of ours. Uh, Frank, you got it? Then play it! Listen, be smarter. Adam and I had a great opportunity to go over to Kentucky and work on what we now call Proving Grounds Kentucky at our good friend Terry Hamby's. Last year, Mr. Hamby took the opportunity to plant corn, soybeans, and clover side by side so we could have a great comparison of those three types of forages. That's cool. I love watching Growing Deer TV. You can, I mean, really, you can learn so many fascinating things about deer and pretty much any species of wildlife just from watching uh, that show. Yeah, I tried to grow deer. I kept planting them. They never came up. Anyways, uh, 
Uh, Terry Hamby, he is like the CEO of Antler Dirt. He's just now joining us. He phoned us at 785-846-7647. There you go. Terry, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great today. We got sunshine for a change. <laughs> Sunshine's a good thing. All right, so Antler Dirt, it's a robust blend of nutrients, minerals, and beneficial living bacteria that's designed with antlers in mind. Now, um, th- this is the fascinating thing to Jimbo and I. Is that it? Can, we can't believe it. No, it can actually hold four times its weight in water. Now, I retain a lot of water. Well, I think it's beer weight. It is beer <laughs> weight. There's water in beer. But anyways, so, you know, it, it, unlike traditional fertilizers. Beer which, is chlorif- gl- glorified water. It's good. It's healthier than <laughs> water. Anyways, no, unlike traditional fertilizers, though, uh, Terry, which don't hold any water, that that is, I mean, that's phenomenal. unheard of. How, how did you guys come up with this? Well, um, to be honest, I was reading a magazine article about six or seven years ago, and and I saw where this guy had taken this old rocky soil in the Ozarks and was growing great soybeans. And uh, so I got interested in it, ran it down. It just happened to be a guy named Dr. Grant Wood. Uh. And I questioned him on what he was doing, and he was putting chicken litter on it. Really? So, uh, yeah, and growing great beans and i thought Mm -hmm. gosh if he can do that if we can do other things and and we started looking at uh what really made the product work and yeah and we started modifying the product and we put a lot of uh organic matter and we take straw and and corn stalks and throw all those good bugs to it (laughs) they eat it then they put out dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of putting so, it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to kind of get it down to a simple process. Basically, we make these big, long windrows, and yeah. we start wetting it with good bugs, and good bugs start eating it, and kind of like earthworms, and they put out dirt. And Then after about three weeks, we go back with a, what we call a finisher, but it has the good bacteria, the microorganisms in it. Mm-hmm. And the first process we do is we make pure, humified, organic matter. Now, that's what holds four times the water. It's like a sponge. Really? In the soil. Yeah. And you're looking for about 5% of your soil sample to be organic matter. Dang. Yeah. And then to even make it better than that, we take this big package. Harold Knight calls it. Little minerals, but we call it trace minerals. <laughs> yeah. And we add trace minerals to it that's basically kind of like ground-up trophy rock. Mm-hmm. And we put that in it, and uh, then we put some lime and and some other minerals in it that helps the tilt of the soil. And we start adding it at about two to three tons an acre. And our objective is to get that top six inches of dirt. Mm-hmm where when we take that soil sample, we come back with 5% organic matter and all of our minerals, not only N, P, and K, but all of our trace minerals to be in the great range, you know, and I'm kind of just no dummy, so I look for it to be in the green instead of the, the green or the red's good, yellow's bad when it comes <laughs> back from your lab. Yeah, now yeah. NPK is nitrogen, phosphorus, and uh, potassium. Now, would you say probably the most important thing anyone could do before they ever do a food plot is to have a soil sample done? Because, I mean, really, without that process, you really don't know which direction to go. Or where you're starting from. Exactly. Right. You know, I've been across Kansas before, and if I wanted to get off the interstate, I wouldn't go anywhere without a road map or (laughs) my phone now where I can Google it and it tells me how to get there. And that's exactly what the soil sample is, you know. Now, now, multi-purpose. Uh, say we've got to, we've got one acre that we want to do. How much antler dirt do we have to put on one acre? Say if we're just neutral. Yeah, you're talking about going by the ton. How much? About two tons. Okay, and now what does it run a ton? It runs about a hundred bucks a ton. That's oh, it, that's, that's really not expensive at all. And and how do yeah. you how do you spread it? Uh, you can spread it with uh, just a. Spreader on the back of the tractor, we we run it through a trammel and screen it and, and get it down to a half-inch screen where it spreads perfectly with, uh, you know, just one of those PTO tractor supply store 500-pound uh, spreaders on the back of the tractor. Or if you want to take it there and put it on a full 
wheeler in a smaller plot with a hand spreader. I, I mean, we've got it down to where you can spread it with with anything with an impeller blade on it with an opening in it. <laughs> hey, we've been talking with Terry Hamby. He has something called antler dirt. That's right. got to make sure you check it out. Now, Terry, if, one more time, if we want to find out, find out about antler dirt, uh, get contact information, possibly email you, buddy. Where do we have to head to online to do that? www.antlerdirt.com. Uh, well, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at outdoorchannel.com and Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com and Ruger at ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Mr. Terry, man, this has been very informational, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Remember, big antler starting the dirt. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Hey, coming up next, we've got Unpros Chance Orth talking about early season uh, stuff. Early, early season uh, spring tips and tactics for managing deer. Uh, Unpro coming up next, but here's a word from Mark. We'll talk to you after the break. Ram Trucks FYI. State Farm Insurance estimates that deer car collisions cause 200 human casualties and $4 billion a year. And since automobile collisions with deer have become so frequent, the term deer vehicle collision is commonly referred throughout safety agencies as DVC. So drivers, keep your eyes peeled, stay alert, and keep listening because there's more Jim and Trav to come. Wednesday nights, Outdoor Channel is the place to be for the best shooting entertainment. We have the most respected talent and industry experts. A half-inch group at 100 yards. From stunning reenactments and dramatic events. To amazing trick shots. This one you can try at home, providing your home's on a gun range. We've got it all on Midway USA's Wednesday night at the range. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Let me start by giving you some serious and important information. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're not going to believe it. We got Chance Orth. He's the Unpro guy. Yeah, we got Chance Orth, though, Mr. Unpro. Chance, how's it going, buddy? Oh, doing well, as always, boys. Yeah. Now, uh... I was going to say something. <laughs> Never mind. Not going to go there. All right. All right, so we are talking about spring management tips for uh, deer chance. One thing I want to pull out that nobody ever really talked about, taking inventory of the animals they have and possibly calling a few. You know, that is one type of management that we haven't even discussed today. No, I swear. I mean, I'll, I'll see 20 or 30 does to a buck. Lucky buck. Yeah, that's it. Very lucky. And, <laughs> a and busy. busy buck. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see he's just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he's tired. He's going to go walk out in the interstate intentionally. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's going to do. Just can't take all the nagging. Now, do you think that's due from hunting pressure or um, lack of vegetation? What do you think? Um. Well, I, I'm positive that uh, hunting pressure has uh, an effect on those ratios. Um, however, oh, my mom just interrupted me here. <laughs> like, Mom, I'm on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a teenager again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> however, there is uh, there is a lack of forage in northern Wisconsin. There's just there's no two ways about it. And the deer population can survive and even thrive. Uh, with these very few bucks. Now you have a you have a piece of property up there where your grandparents used to be, and maybe still are. And uh, are you going to do anything this spring to uh, enhance that for the uh, deer? Absolutely. Well, um, we we have uh, periodically. These are old farm fields um, that have been fallow for uh, some time since before my uh, grandfather passed. Um, but we like to get out there with the um, ATV and uh, disc up the ground. Uh, we'll prepare it with the little glyphosate mm-hmm. uh, to eliminate the excess uh, weeds and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, throw down some clover. That generally we planted clover, maybe a little mix with uh, corn, which will have a kind of a balancing effect. So the way we figure is the clover will help hold the deer. Uh, and provide forage uh, throughout the season, and uh, the corn will will also 
attract other deer that might be feeding elsewhere. Yeah, so the clover is actually the the warm weather uh, feed, yeah. and then the uh, the corn uh, on the actually stalk is for the winter when it, it needs more energy. Exactly, and uh, and we do like to do a little planting uh, later in the season, so we have uh, plenty uh, for uh, the fall season and and throughout the winter yeah. with our perennial. Crops. Yeah. Now, uh, a, a lot of in the northern climes where you're at, like Wisconsin, Michigan, even Minnesota, uh, they actually plant rye, and uh, that uh, that's a very fast growing uh, grass, and uh, and yet it's very nutritious for the deer. Yeah, uh, rye is wheat, both wheat and rye, and they also provide some of uh, well the most poundage per acre. Uh, those coming in at like ninety to one hundred and twenty pounds of uh of rye per acre compared to mm. uh you know clover or alfalfa which are going to be between 12 and 20 pounds yeah so you get a lot more bang for your buck there <laughs> literally a lot more bang for your buck <laughs> now a pun was and in... if you're in a pinch you can eat it yourself <laughs> now with your clover you know or drink it clover is basically candy for deer you know i didn't know yeah that. and yeah. so do you guys i i've heard of a lot of guys that basically have to go and fence off their clover um, because the, the deer, I mean, they will just inhabit it and it never has the chance to actually um, grow to its uh, full maturity. To raise up. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, we, we do have that problem and we've not really thought of a solution for it. It's mm-hmm. not easy to fence a deer in or out no. for that matter. Yeah. Now, how big of a plot do you guys normally put in? Well, uh we put in about three acres. Oh yeah, decent um, size, which is uh, definitely sizable. And uh, now, granted, we don't uh, see all those plants uh, uh, grow to maturity, of course, and and uh, a lot of the seeds and so forth get picked off by crows, despite my vigilance. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, then, then we're guaranteed a, a good acre, acre and a half of quality uh, clover. Yeah, well, you know, most people that we talk to, they're really in that acre to two acre area, you know. It, Almost like a subplot. Yeah, pretty much. N- nothing, you know, on a huge scale, you know, like the Bucks the Tecamonte do or something. They do but a that, ranch. Yeah, basically they have hundreds and hundreds of acres. And that's what we're talking about, though. For the, for the average person um, doing an acre, acre and a half, that's a huge undertaking. Exactly. And, you know, um, it, it's a, a big time commitment, big money commitment. Oh, yeah, definitely it is. Yeah. You know, we had uh, uh, someone on uh, a couple of shows ago, maybe a month ago, talking about sowing seeds on top of snow. So uh, they have the moisture once it, uh, you know, melts down, it's right there. Well, uh, you have that heaving from the freezing and the unthawing of the ground. And it's kind of a natural planting process. Yeah. It tills itself. Yeah, pretty much. Well, maybe I'll give that a try. <laughs> when you're out there doing snow <laughs> angels, just broadcast a little seed. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm doing out there. Where's Chance? <laughs> He's out making snow angels again. <laughs> it's the best thing to do. Now, hey, we're actually coming up on Ad Break Chance to find out more about Unpro, possibly get some Unpro food plot tips. Uh, where can we find you guys online? Absolutely. Check us out at www.unprofishing.com for our videos. Like us on Facebook at The Unprofessional Fisherman. And our Twitter handle is Unprofishing. Yeah, now the wedding season is just around the corner. And Chance is an ordained minister if you need him to marry you. Uh, That's right. Unless you're already married. I'll do do any religion, uh, any denomination, you name it, I'll do it. (laughs) Chance is very versatile. He can get anything done. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bring some symbols along. (laughs) We're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at OutdoorChannel.com plus Ram Trucks or RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That's H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Mr. Chance, as always, buddy, thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Ram Trucks FYI. An average deer will eat nearly 500 kilograms of vegetation each year. The entire population of deer in the United States will eat the equivalent of 15 million metric tons of vegetation per year, which is greater than the combined weight of all the aircraft carriers in the U.S. Navy. More spring management, Jim and Trav, and fun to come. So stick around. 
Stop the music, boys. The show is about to begin. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And what a show, what a show. Hey, Trav, that's a wrap on this week's show. Good show. I like talking about whitetail management. Makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh, chocolate cake. All right, so what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, we want to thank our 428 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Perry, and Frank, the sound guy. And the most important people, our listeners. Also, Brent Eaton, Scott Bestial, uh, David Hart, Terry Hamby, and Chance Orth. Your local news weather is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We will be back next week. God bless you, boys and girls. Jimbo and I love you. Peace out. We'll talk later. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america sports channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.